Week one, day one, the blessed tree. My name is Danny Strange. I serve as senior pastor here at Three Crosses. Welcome to our series on the Psalms. Over the next eight weeks, we invite you to join 22 different members of our Three Crosses staff as we meditate on the entire book of Psalms together. That's right, you heard me correctly. I said the entire book of Psalms. Now, throughout the series, we challenge you to participate with us in three different ways. First, we've decided to record each entry so that you can enjoy the content on your commute, during your workout, while doing chores, running errands, or wherever you are. You will be able to simply listen and enjoy as we share some insights and observations of different themes and patterns in a specific section of the Psalms. That's one way you can enjoy this series. Alternately, I wanna lay out a challenge for you from the very beginning. As we go along, I challenge you to proactively make time in your day to pull out the scriptures, read along with us, and discover what God has for you as you read the Psalms for yourself. Some days will require a short amount of reading, others will require a little bit more. Like all Bible studies though, you tend to get out of it whatever effort you put into it. So I ask you, will you challenge yourself in this season of life and dive into the word of the Lord with us? Finally, each entry will close with an action step that will range anywhere from a call to prayer, a question to ponder, a song to listen to, a worship activity, or many other engaging activities. Hold on to these and spend some time wrestling with them in your community group. If you're not in one, well, you can always grab a friend or family member and start the conversation. Okay, we have a lot of ground to cover, so without further ado, let's jump in. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. That's Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Right from the opening three verses, the Psalms packs a loaded punch, doesn't it? Unlike a television show, novel, or a movie, we don't have to wait for that long backstory to get straight to the point. This is what being blessed is all about. Take it or leave it. So straightforward. At the same time, if we take a step back and see how the book of Psalms fits into the entire Hebrew scriptures, you will find that this psalm is able to be so straightforward precisely because it assumes you have already interacted with the long backstory of Israel. Let me explain what I mean. In Luke 24:44, Jesus says to his disciples, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Okay, so there are two humongous claims in this Luke passage. For now, I want to focus on how Jesus read his Bible. Remember, the scriptures Jesus would have been familiar with come from what we call the Old Testament today. Did you happen to catch how Jesus describes his Bible? Jesus uses three different categories. At the beginning, he refers to the Law of Moses. In the Hebrew Bible order, these are the first five books of the Bible in the exact order we see them today. Next, Jesus mentions the prophets. In the Hebrew tradition, the prophets section included many of the books that recount the history of Israel leading up to the point of exile, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings. This section also includes what we know as the major and minor prophets that spoke before, during, and after the exile. The section ends with Malachi. Finally, Jesus mentions the Psalms. Is that right? 
Yes, the Psalms. Here, Jesus is referring to the section called the writings, which so happens to begin with the Psalms. This section also includes much of the wisdom literature and concludes with the historical books of post-exile Israel. You might be wondering, why is the book order important? Well, if this order is how Jesus interacted with the Old Testament, then Psalms is meant to be a book that you read immediately after you survey all the stories in the first five books of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy, as well as the troublesome history of Israel in the books that follow. The Psalms expect you to remember Israel drifting away from Yahweh again and again and again, leading ultimately into exile. Even our modern ordering of the Old Testament, you would have interacted with the books of Samuel and Kings to get here. All of these details make Psalm 1 an opening response to the countless tragedies, rebellions, dysfunctional communities, in other words, the long backstory of Israel that concludes at the end of Kings and is described throughout all the prophets. With the backstory of Israel in mind, let's now dive into this climactic response. Psalm 1 contemplates this question, what does it mean to live a blessed life in this world? It sounds like an easy question, right? Consider this. If you're following along with the story of Israel and you just read about God's people spiraling into exile, wouldn't you be questioning the actual goodness of God's blessing? Was God lying to Israel? Or was the blessed life still possible? How did Israel's ancestors like David experience the blessed life? How did it all wind up going so wrong? What is going on here? I thought Israel was God's chosen people. Pause for a moment. Are you struggling with these same questions in your own life because you've seen your life spiral out of control? If that's you, be encouraged because these doubts are not new at all. Remember the Law of Moses section I mentioned earlier? Watch how it ends. At the end of Moses' last sermon series, if you will, he says in Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20, See, I have set before you today life and good death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you surely shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. There it is, a choice between blessing or curse. Those are the same choices laid before us in Psalm 1, which should beg the question, how do we end up on the blessed side of the equation? What does it look like to walk in God's ways, keep his commands, and hold fast to him? Remember the prophets section that Jesus mentioned? The first book of this section is Joshua, and pay close attention to how it begins. This is Joshua 1, 6-9. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. 
only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Meditating day and night on the law of the Lord? Prosperity? Huh. Joshua 1, the beginning of the prophet, sounds eerily similar to Psalm 1, the beginning of the writings, doesn't it? Someone wants us to recognize this blessed man. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Could the key to the Lord's blessing really be delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on his words day and night? Would you say you delight or find joy in God's word? Would you say you meditate on the scriptures? Do you consistently read and reread them, memorize them, rehearse them out loud to yourself during the day? This is what leads to a prosperous way of life. If that doesn't make you want to read the Psalms with us in the series, then I don't know what will. Okay, one final observation. Did you catch how Psalm 1 says a blessed person is like a tree solidly planted by waters, bearing fruit and never withering? Where could the psalmist be gathering this tree imagery? At the beginning of the law of Moses, we see the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, God says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. In the prophet section, Jeremiah uses this same tree analogy. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The Psalms draw on this imagery multiple times in the writings, and finally, the whole Bible closes with the imagery of a tree beside the water of life. This is Revelation 22, verses 1 through 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. The point of all of this is that Psalm 1, which is introduced in the middle of a larger narrative, rings true throughout the entirety of Scripture. Delighting on the law of the Lord and meditating on His Word day and night is a pathway that leads to a blessing that is firm and deeply rooted. Why? Because the law of the Lord was never meant to be just seen as a book of do's and don'ts to earn righteousness. It is a series of laws that reveal the very heart of God. The Torah consists of laws, yes, but it is also ingeniously woven into a story that points to our own need for salvation in the one who would personify and fulfill the true, perfect, righteous, and just law of the Lord. Jesus said it himself in Luke 24, remember? All things in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms were written about him. What a glorious claim to make. As you navigate the Psalms, you will wrestle with multiple authors contemplating the same question. What does it mean to live a blessed life in this world? 
In light of Israel's backstory, is God's version of blessing actually true, good, attainable? Can you imagine how difficult of a question this would have been in the midst of Israel's darkest moments? Do you feel how easy it would have been to blame God after he promises them an everlasting kingdom in the land only to be given destruction and hardship? Is there any hope around the corner? Now, what about you today? Where's your heart when it comes to delighting in the law of the Lord? What are the reasons that you still believe meditating on his word will actually lead to blessing? How have you been able to hold on to this claim even in the midst of your worst hardships? <music>